Welcome to Co-op Mode, round 28. This is the official video game podcast of Secret Friends Unite. I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by the producer extraordinaire, Mark the Canardian Caravan. <laughs> How you doing, Todd? I struggled to get that out. I tried to put it all together. Woo, I made it. <laughs> it was a pretty good string. I mean, you slowed down near the end, but you were, you, did. you know, you're running out of steam, but you still got it all out. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm still impressed. I still want to say the Canardian gamer or Canardian. Right. Yeah. Which, yeah. I mean, in this, in this context, you're not wrong. Cause this is a gaming podcast we're talking about gaming. So the Canardian gamer still applies, but for, for the, you know, the Instagram and Twitter, I wanted to be able to talk about star Wars and all that kind of stuff. So the gamer part didn't really fit. So, you know, still the gamer in different gaming spaces. So uh, it still works. You can, you know, I've been called worse. Yeah, and it's kind of like the when you have a sequel, but you don't want to number it, and you have like an ellipsis or something like that. That's kind of uh, this part of your uh, descriptor. So we'll, we'll try. I will try to be better about that. But uh, going on, we've got a new voice on the podcast. We're making room for player three, and this one actually re- <laughs> resides in my house, and that is my son Logan. Logan's fourteen years old. He's an eighth grader, and he is a gaming aficionado. Yes, I've maybe played a bit too much games, but that's probably it. <laughs> yes, yes. No so. such thing, unless exactly. your eyes start to go foggy. Oh, yes. whoops. So, <laughs> so Mark actually requested Logan to be on the podcast. So, um, I guess that means good things about me being a father, or maybe he just is more <laughs> impressed by Logan than me, and eventually Logan replaces me. I don't know. Yes. Well, you know, I heard lots of great things about. Him liking Nintendo games, Smash Brothers, you know. So I, I needed to get some more Nintendo representation on the show more than really anything. But, you know, I, I, I am uh, so far impressed with our conversation even before we started. So I'm excited to have you on, Logan. Yay. Thank you. I'm, I want, I'm wanted. Yes. And Logan and I kind of have a podcast in the car fairly frequently. Uh, every time I take him to Taekwondo anyways, or to school. So it, we've been practicing a long time for this. Cool. Yes. So, um, well, we start the podcast with uh, what we've been gaming in Press Start to Play. Mark, you've got something on that actually I have played as well. Yeah, so I'll start with uh, Project X Cloud. It finally opened up on iOS platform, so I was finally able to get in. They did this one a little differently. So they opened it up, uh, for anyone unfamiliar, they opened it up to Test Flight, which is kind of a testing ground for iOS apps that developers can send it out to 10,000 of their closest friends and get some feedback and all that kind of stuff. So I have used Test Flight before for some smaller apps. Uh, I did like some Atui uh, mobile games and that kind of stuff with uh, Jules Watchem. This was a big one, and I really, really didn't think I was going to get in because 10,000 people for all of the Microsoft fans doesn't seem like a whole lot. But I was lucky enough to get the email fairly quickly back saying, hey, you're in, cool. Uh, and on iOS, you can only play the Halo Master Chief Collection. Um, but uh, I have to say, in my house, it worked fairly well. Um, I did test it at my parents' place yesterday, and depending on where you are in their house, the internet is horrible. Uh, so I went to the place I know is usually the worst, and that is their uh, their dining room table. And my brother and I fired up Halo Master Chief Collection. 
with an Xbox controller on my iPad, and it was, uh, pardon my French, absolute horseshit. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, it was terrible. Uh, it was laggy. It was choppy. There was screen tearing. It was it was borderline unplayable. Uh, but in my house, I have been able to uh, to pull off some headshots and just had a fantastic go of it. So uh, your your experience with XCloud right now, anyway, um, could vary depending on your internet situation, but. Uh, but in my place, I've been very impressed. I'm looking forward to this opening up a bit more. I'm wondering if on iOS they will open it up for more games or maybe because of Apple's rules they're locked. But uh, so far, so good. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I did order the um, – uh, what's it called? The the clip uh, for my controller to mount my phone. That's going to be coming here Tuesday or Wednesday. So can't wait to try that one and uh, and keep going with this little test while I can. I'd be curious to see how it does uh, on mobile data uh, if you use it for your phone. I had better success mm-hmm. on my mobile data than I did Wi-Fi, so I'll really? be curious if it's the same for you. Well, you know what? Work pays for my mobile data, so maybe I'll blow through some of that testing. I wasn't even thinking. I'm so used to uh, – I, I am so used to like paying for my own phone and having the data cap and not trying to go over and all that kind of stuff that uh, – Work just recently started, like you know, paying paying for my phone and, and that kind of stuff. And I have uh, their data plan, which is massive. Um, man, good recommendation. I didn't even think of that. I am going to absolutely try that uh, this week. Once I think once my clip comes in, I haven't really been playing on my phone too much because it's a super you know small screen, and if it's any distance away from you, you can't make out anything. So that's why so far my testing's been largely relegated to the iPad, but. Uh, yeah, once I get that mount, that mount clip for my controller, that's going to be a game changer. So nice. I will try and, it on mobile data and report next time. And the clip you have, who's that from or are getting? Uh, it's the one Microsoft recommended, and okay. I can't remember uh, who makes that. It's it's a uh, Power A, maybe? Oh, okay. What's Power A? It's, it's a reputable um, manufacturer, and it's the one that, like, when I got the email... Uh, they were like, "Hey, you should uh, try this clip because it's great." And I was like, "Okay, cool, let's do it." That uh, so. I have the Steel Series clip, Mark, and it basically uh, touches the sync button, <laughs> so it's a nightmare. <laughs> so do not yep. get that when you have the Xbox because that okay. once you get the sync on and off, it's a nightmare. So uh, I'm assuming they they align to not have it touch that. Um, I'm not yeah. exactly uh, sure. You're, you're talking about a lot about Eclipse, but I'm not really able to imagine what that looks like. Um, didn't you see me use it, Logan? Like, it basically goes on the Xbox controller, and then it holds your phone. Um, and then where it goes around the front edge, there's that sync button on the Xbox uh, controller that syncs it to your phone, because it connects Bluetooth-wise. And on my, uh, the, the, the Steel Series, it actually touches it. So I think this one that's designed for it, obviously, will get around that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now I can, yeah, now I remember yeah. It's just yeah, it's just a little uh, yeah, basically like a little plastic thing that that you put your phone in, it holds your phone in place, and then the rest of it clips on, like clamps on to your Xbox controller, and uh, it's it's um, man, it, it, depending on how this thing works, especially with mobile data and like five G coming up, like my brother said, this could be a switch killer uh, if it if it works better than it did at my parents' place. Uh, so it's it's very interesting, but I, I already have looked into uh, controller cases 
just like a switch case, I wouldn't want to just fire my Xbox controller in my backpack, although I think it would survive. But uh, if if I was serious about this, um, I think I would get a case just instead of carrying my switch around in a case, carrying my Xbox controller in a case with that little clip and my phone's always in my pocket anyway. So that uh, the, the future is going to be interesting for sure with uh, with streaming, but uh, reliability is going to be the big one. Oh yeah, especially if you're playing games online, you don't want it to like drop out halfway through. Exactly, and you don't want lag. Like if it's something, even with this test, uh, Halo Master Chief Collection, playing Halo online is very competitive and it's very Twitch based, and a millisecond delay can be the difference between you winning or you getting your head blown off. Yeah, I'm not really sure they're going to do matchmaking because most of the time it has to do with everyone's connection. So if one person's connection is bad, it could. Mm -hmm. I mean, and especially because you're walking around, half the time your connection will be bad too. So it's kind of a bit hard to kind of do online that way. I'm not really sure how they'll do that. Well, they may have to coordinate it off similar to how Switch that uh, Fortnite got delegated to only Switch owners, I believe, maybe mobile users. It was Switch, they may, Switch and mobile, yeah. Yeah, so they may do the same thing. They may cordon off people on xCloud to uh, only people with that um, just because of those issues. So there's probably a way around yeah. it. So Cool. Well, Mark, I cannot wait to hear what they do. I, I'm assuming maybe they'll change out the games uh, throughout the, progress, uh, throughout the, the trial and uh, let you try other things, too. See, and the the uh, the other frustrating thing is I don't know how long I'm going to be in this uh, because they they have already stated that because there's such a demand, they can't guarantee that the ten thousand of us lucky people will be the ten thousand through the full however many days of testing. So let's say if there's ninety days that they're doing this test or whatever, um, I might be in the first thirty. Hell, I might be in the first ten. I don't know. And then they could dump that ten thousand and put another 10,000 on it. So it's basically they, they can remove and add users at any single point. So that's why I'm trying to test this and order the clip and, and do things as much as I can while I can, because I don't know when this is going to end and it could end in at, at any moment without any notice. So it's uh, it's, it's a little like, well, we'll see. <laughs> so maybe Enjoy I'll record it on while it next lasts. week and, and yeah. maybe I'm not, I, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Cool. Cool. Logan, um, you were playing a game that you actually already beat. Yeah, Hyperlight Drifter. It's fairly short. It's a really fun, fast-paced combat game. Now, I would. It's definitely akin to kind of Dark Souls. I don't want to say that because everyone says it, but it's true. Mm-hmm. It's very short, though. It's about five hours long, and I already beat it in like two days. But it's really great, okay. and I've also been playing an excessive amount of beat saber. Oh, sweet. I've been, I think I've put in a hundred something hours already. Wow. Well, go a little more in on Hyperlight drifter. Uh, Where'd you play it? Um, you know, how did you, would you give it like a review score or anything like that? Oh yeah. Um, we use it on the Epic games launcher, which is pretty great because they have a lot of games that I wouldn't have played otherwise. And honestly, the game's really great. It's just some of the, it's really, really short, which is disappointing because just when it's starting to pick up, it just kind of ends. There's also mm-hmm. not very much story. I guess it's one of those games where it's like supposed to be really quick and fast-paced, but it was a bit disappointing for it to end so soon. Mm. Do we, is there any do reason we, to return to it? 
I mean, you can do like you a... could. There is a new game plus and an alt okay. a way to play it with a different character after you beat the game, which mm. could make yeah. me go back because it only takes like five hours to do a full playthrough. Right. But and there's there's also like a boss rush mode, but I don't believe there's really much after that. Mm. But it is really cool because it's also made on a thing called Game Maker, which is oh, a yeah. program that's yeah it's free. So it's really cool that they actually made that game in it. It even shows mm. it as soon as you boot it up. So I thought that was another interesting thing. And the art Very style cool. is, I'd say it's it's like Children Morta. It's that eight um, bit uh, art style that's really, or, or even like a, 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 I guess it would be like a Dark Cell, or sorry, Dark Cells, uh, <laughs> Dead Cells. And yeah. oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, and it's got like a, 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 a what a, a, a it's a sprinting mechanic or like a, a dash mechanic. A lot of dashing guns. So you're it's all really like a lot of the bosses have tons of projectiles. It's meant to be played very fast. So it requires a lot of fast movement. It's really cool. Yeah, it, that was cool. free. We got that free from uh, that big game store has free games all the time. That was free, so it added in there. And then we ended up getting a uh, this cool PC client called Good Old Games, uh, which mm-hmm. they sell games as well. But they created this uh, basically one-stop shop where all of your games from Steam, uh, Epic, um, others just show up in this uh, overall library so you don't have to guess where your things are at. So, um, So Logan's discovering some stuff there. Very nice. Now, would you recommend this uh, because it is such a fast-paced, quick game? Uh, I know this is available on the Switch. I know you didn't play it on the Switch necessarily, but is this a good Switch game? Because uh, for for me, for like this, while you're saying it, it seems like the perfect game to just pick away at while you know I, I maybe not necessary on the tv with an old school graphic style uh really quick is it do do you think this fits well on the switch or do you think it's it's kind of meant for more you know uh, capable hardware yeah it's definitely a game for the switch i'm surprised it isn't has that kind of like dead cells energy but it's Mm -hmm. not a roguelike which means that you can kind of keep progressing so something you can sit down play for a bit then come back to it and then still be able to continue on it's a bit like open world so you can choose wherever you want to go so each playthrough can be different because you can choose any of the bosses to go through first. You can choose certain upgrades. You don't have to do things if you don't want to. It's a perfect yeah. game for the Switch, and I'm surprised it's not on it already. It is, oh, it is on the Switch. I oh, just don't is. have it on, on Switch. Yeah, it is uh, It is available, though. So, um, okay. It's one that I've, I've considered picking up in the past, so you're kind of selling me on it right now, which is I, I literally have my Switch open right now looking up how much it is. So. Oh, yeah, and this is really, uh, really great. Yeah. Yeah, and the Switch edition actually got some uh, things that did not come to PC. I don't think so. I mean, I think oh, really? they had a different, a different outfit, a different uh, uh, attack, uh, and there, there was a different mode included as well. Oh, it probably included... I think the Epic Games one actually includes all of that as well. Oh, It's okay. like the deluxe edition, mm-hmm. so it includes all of it. So, But I believe the Switch one does all have, have all that stuff too. So there shouldn't be any differences between the versions, really. Nice. All right. Uh, actually, the... Uh, yeah, so the, the Switch version... Um, has uh, it's 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 touting twice in the in the description uh 60 frames per second so they must be very very happy about achieving that on the switch i guess uh so that's that's really cool uh the exclusive switch content is find secrets with the help of a new outfit uh complete the tower climb challenge freeze your enemies with the crystal shot which i'm guessing is a new weapon and master the deadly blade caster so uh seems very very cool Oh, yeah, those are also, yeah, so the, those all should be also in the Epic Games launcher, too. So there shouldn't be any differences between the versions. 
which means that you should can choose whichever one you like, and you can also still play it with an Xbox Xbox controller, which I recommend to do because it's probably going to be a lot easier to do that than use the tiny little Switch Joy Cons. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Todd, what have you been playing? Well, thanks to you, Mark. Uh, you got me a code for Ghost Giant uh, on VR uh, for Quest, actually, um, and. It was, I guess it launched exclusively on PSVR, and now it's coming out to other platforms. And uh, thank you for doing so. This was a sure. lot of fun. Um, I couldn't put it down. It is a really cool uh, story adventure game for uh, VR. And it's neat because you are essentially playing the role of a big ghost giant. And you help this little boy cat um, go through some adventures. And they're not really big. It's kind of like he has to um, get some seeds that uh, the rats ate. So he has to go and do these things in order to re-get the seeds to then plant them. So you're doing all these things to help him. For instance, uh, to get the seeds, you had to help this boat that could not uh, unload its cargo, which had the seeds in it. So you had to get the crane fixed, and you'd find things in the environment. You'd open up these little houses. like a, They're like a diorama. You'd go in there and get these little cogs put them on there and then um once you were done then you would be able to activate the crane it was very fun it's very cute but it also has a story that it's not first presented on a deeper level but it definitely does and you find out this little boy um he's doing a lot of things uh instead of his parents and you and people ask where's your mom where's your mom and then you find out why he's doing this and it's really heart touching it's kind of it's, mm-hmm. it's deeper than i expect but the art style almost looks like animal crossing um, you are, uh, as the ghost giant, you are kind of in the middle of this diorama and you can turn around, you can, uh, play with the environment and it's really, it's just really adorable. Uh, it's probably a shorter game, but that's perfect length for what you do. And there's lots of things you can discover. Like you, there's a basketball and a basketball hoop in every level. So you got to find out where the basketball is, the hoop, and then you score a point. It's kind of fun. Um, it's cool. neat how they interact with the, the, the world, but it's very cool. I highly recommend this, uh, ghost giant, uh, VR. I believe it's on not only quest, but it's on the rift and other, uh, consoles coming out soon. This is in, uh, an early trial that I got. So thank you again, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, well, I got to thank uh, Zoink for sending me that. I love Zoink games. If you haven't tried, uh, like Stick It to the Man, I think is still one of my favorites. Um, but uh, they they have some fantastically, usually humorous games. And this one seems a little bit more serious. And I know they did bring in a writer for this. Uh, Sarah Bergmark Elfgren uh, is a Swedish writer and they are a Swedish studio. So that's uh, that's kind of cool. Um, but uh, yeah, and I, I am in. Flipping Death, uh, a Zoink game, uh, oh, a little really? caricature of yes, a character caricature of my brother and I, uh, and he is, uh, I think it's it's two photos of us uh, drawn by uh, Klaus, uh, the CEO of Zoink, um, and we're we're in different frames, but he's choking me from uh, his <laughs> picture to mine, uh, which it was kind of we we wanted to do the the death theme kind of thing, so we actually took an actual photo uh, or or two, I guess, and, and sent the photos to Klaus and he drew them and, and, uh, and put them in the game. So it's, it's kind of neat. Uh, I think Bobby's in that one as well. Um, oh, but, cool. uh, yeah, if, if you haven't checked them out, not, this is their, their VR game, but, uh, they have, like I said, stick it to the man, flipping death, uh, Faye or fee, uh, which I thought was, a <clears throat> kind of, um, 
maybe a step in this direction of a little bit more of a story-based, uh, calm kind of game without that usual zoink humor and art style. So uh, Ghost Giant is uh, seems seems really cool, and I'm kind of sad I don't have VR to test that out. But uh, yeah. thank you, Zoink, for sending that uh, that code over. Absolutely. I'm also a fan of uh, Zombie Vikings, so they, they really cover a lot of different Yes, oh, Zombie games. Vikings. I forget that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was just about to bring that up. Zombie Vikings was really fun to play. It really was. Very humorous as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This is definitely a different art style as well compared to the games they've done before. So I like the fact that they are uh, pivoting and doing more things and taking chances. So it's perfect. Um, Mark, the next game is a game both of us played. I told you I was playing it on Friday and you're, it looks like you hopped in on it as well. I did. Yeah. Uh, so Bleeding Edge, uh, I just I played a little bit of it yesterday. Uh, I went into this knowing that hero shooters aren't usually my jam. And uh, played through the tutorial, which I found was a little tedious. Uh, didn't really hype me up for the game, to be honest. This tutorial just kind of dragged on. And I was just like, let me smack someone in the face with a guitar or something. Like, I don't know. This is, um, yeah, just kind of a painful tutorial, in my opinion. But uh, the game itself was pretty fun. I played uh, a few different matches and experienced a couple of different modes. I don't know if this is going to be something that really grabs me. I'm glad it'll be on Game Pass because I can't imagine me uh, going out and, and paying money for this to try it out just because of my my history with, with hero shooters and not being too into them. But uh, it, it's got a lot of personality. It's really cool. If that's your jam, this is going to make you happy. Um, what did you think about it? I enjoyed it, but to your point, uh, this is not my style of game. This is Overwatch with a more melee focus. And mm-hmm. it just it feels like Overwatch. It really does. Uh, and they're taking a lot of cues from Overwatch. And Overwatch has a sequel coming out, so maybe this is the best timing to get in on the mojo um, because mm-hmm. I think people have kind of played out Overwatch and are looking for something fresh. This is free <laughs> to play, essentially. Mm-hmm. I don't know if this is... I'm assuming this is getting also a physical digital release if you don't own Game Pass. But yeah, it just seems like to fit all of those notes... Um, I did play around. I did pretty well, but I just know I'm also in a beta. So, so you know, mileage may vary. Uh, and I don't yeah. know if I would ever go back because I require a campaign or story to get me through this type of thing. And just the the, the multiplayer element is just not my not my jam. But hey, I really thought yeah. they did a great job. I didn't see any issues. I didn't see any uh, glitches or anything. So uh, kudos mm-hmm. to them. And this is Ninja Theory once again. Uh, doing playing outside of their genre and i like that yeah uh yeah a couple of things i i did say after my time with it yesterday is i i wanted a little bit more on these characters like they seem kind of extreme you know it's uh, like the whole game was developed on like red bull and speed uh or something an angsty 14 year old no offense logan um <laughs> but <laughs> um, i've never ever been so offended by something i 100 percent agree with <laughs> okay good um yeah so i i yeah i i i kind of wanted either videos or like you said a story mode to to tell me why i should care about these characters and who i should connect with uh, i tried out a couple of different ones i kind of liked the australian chick with a uh, gatling gun she just kind of spoke to me i don't know if it was the accent or the gatling gun but uh something about her just kind of connected with me um 
but yeah, they're, they're, I think that you're, you're, you're nailing that. And I think Overwatch has done a great job of that through videos and, and things that the community has found and latched onto. And maybe they have that planned and this was just a beta and they'll roll that out with the actual release. But uh, I need a reason to care about Bleeding Edge and this universe. So hopefully we will see that. And maybe then I'll be like, oh man, this is kind of cool place. I want to live there more and I'll... I'll deal with the the hero shooter mechanics and stuff if if I'm actually invested. Yeah, and Ninja Theory does fantastic narrative content, so it seems like mm. that would be right in their wheelhouse. And to your point, yeah, I, uh, Overwatch, uh, having those videos makes you a little more invested. Now we are getting a campaign or a sort of campaign in Overwatch 2, so I think that could be something where they could definitely put more life into it, but maybe that's all they want to do, and they just want to have another uh, round in the chamber for Xbox saying, hey, we've got something else for you. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Um Logan, you you mentioned uh, Quest VR before. Do you want to dive a little bit more into that? I'm I have mentioned on the show before. If I was going to get a VR system, it's going to be Quest. And when you guys said you were getting it, I was like, oh my god, this is going to be torture because I'm trying not to spend money on this kind of stuff. And you guys talking about it's making me crazy, but I also love hearing about it. So experiences with Quest VR and Beat Saber. Okay, so for me, I've been playing an excessive amount of Beat Saber, and that's almost it. I've tried a lot of other demos, but the hardware is great. The tracking's pretty good. The only thing I'd say is, i do not not sure why, but sometimes I'll put new batteries, brand new batteries into the, uh, the controllers, and they'll die in like half an hour or to an hour. They don't seem to last very long, which is strange, because the headset itself lasts a pretty long time. It lasts like, I want to say like three to four hours, but I don't even play it for that long at one point, so it just lasts as long as I normally would want to play it, which is perfectly fine. And besides, like, there's occasional tracking issues, but they're very rare, and mm. it's really, really reliable for the most part. Except for I've had a few issues with height measuring. Mm. There's been a few times where I'd log in, log on to Beat Saber, and it'd show my height from anywhere to 1.5 meters to 1.8 meters, which is <laughs> That's a, a huge strategy. difference. <laughs> So it's really weird. Sometimes when you set up the, your boundaries, the floor height will get moved every time you restart the Oculus. I'm not mm. sure if they can fix that with some sort of patch or something. But besides that, the hardware is perfectly fine and the games are really, really fun. There's unfortunately not a whole lot of games, but that'll obviously be fixed over the course of a couple months. And you can still link your uh, Quest to the, your PC and still play tons of actual Oculus games. Yeah, that's really cool. That's such a great feature. I haven't really experimented with that feature much because I don't like the cord because I'm always afraid that I'm going <laughs> to accidentally hit it and then take down the entire PC with it. But Yeah, yeah, that's that's been my hesitation on VR as a whole platform. I want something that's self-contained like the Quest. Uh, so I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I have to say, for anyone listening to the show that hasn't seen your videos that Todd has shared of you crushing Beat Saber. Like, do you see the Matrix? Like, how um, do you even <laughs> manage that? I don't like, like those videos like... because I think there's there should be a brand new one that we that just got posted, maybe possibly of Off me the attempting look. the stage. Yes, I, I don't think it did because I think it died. But I'll post that afterwards. But it's. All right. 
it's gotten to the point where when I'm playing, I literally have to sit down and take a break after a couple, couple of tries <laughs> of a song because my arms are hurting so much. But it's a wow. great workout, and I can imagine someone this being a legitimate way to lose weight or get in shape. Probably not as good as uh, Ring Fit Adventure or whatever, but it's still pretty fun. I think uh, I think Greg Miller from Kind of Funny actually said he was like losing weight playing Beat Saber. So that's uh, you might be onto something there for sure. Um, I just yeah, man, those videos are just incredible. You are you are a very skilled swordsman. Logan is a sweat monster after two. I got him a little uh, deragged <laughs> where as he's doing it because he is sweating his butt off. So yeah, to his point, he is, I mean, he, he does Taekwondo and everything too. So yeah, he definitely gets a workout of it and he is dedicated to it. So, um, and he found out a way to actually get more content onto it. They have a, some, some back doors so you can get more songs on it, which is great. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, there, there's a, there's a lot of modding clients to basically mod it. And basically people make maps or game or songs for the game, like thousands. I believe there's, the one that I'm using has more than 10,000 current songs made by anyone who wants to post there. And you can easily just download the songs, just click one button in the Oculus Quest. You don't have to connect it to your PC at all once you've gotten on it already. You can wow. just go in, download a few songs, and it's automatically added to your game, and you can just play them. No problems whatsoever. It works perfectly. Pretty impre- wow. It was really, really easy to connect to. You just download one thing, put it on your PC, plug it in once, set it up, then it's done good forever. And you can just... That's like the- there's it's an like application the old... on the Quest 2, and you can just select songs, download them. It's super yeah. easy. It's super efficient. It's great. It's like the old very Rock cool. Band studio, Mark. Remember that when people yeah. could create games yeah. for Rock Band? Same thing with this. So it's very cool. Wow. That's awesome. Todd, what else uh, have you been picking at? Well, this is going to be a quick hit. Uh, River City Girls. It's on uh, Switch and PS4 and Xbox One. Very fun. This is like the old school uh, River City Ransom games. And it's basically a beat 'em up uh, with some RPG elements. It's beautiful. It's done in like eight bit, sixteen bit art style by WayForward Games. It is a lot of fun. Fully voice acted with some anime cutscenes. This game though screams for co op play, which it has. But I was playing by myself and getting beat up. So, mm. um, but it's fun. It's you, you learn new move sets. It's really fantastic. Um, I'm just not very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I recommend it to anybody because I think it just it just really hits that nostalgia plus uh, building on that concept with beautiful artwork and it's it's a lot of fun. So, if you're looking for this type of game, it's perfect co-op couch co-op game. I'm not sure if it has online co-op, but it definitely would be great. So, like you and your brother, I think would would absolutely love it. Very cool, very cool. Uh, well, my my last game and my next game uh, is also throwing a little bit of love at Way Forward, but this time. Uh, you weren't the only one with a review code this week, so this one is uh, is one that I grabbed. Uh, it is called Vitamin Connection, and it's a uh, it's it's a new game exclusive for Switch, hitting the eShop on February twentieth. So I I, uh, I played it a little bit. It's a one or two player, same kind of deal. Uh, seems to be more geared at two player though. As soon as the game fires up, they're like. This is like play it with two players. Who's your player two? And you actually have to switch it to single player. So they seem to really, really be pushing that two player kind of thing. But it's a uh, 2D um, kind of like a shoot 'em up because you're you're in a pill, uh, like a pill capsule. But that's basically like your spaceship, and you're going through and shooting uh, viruses through a human body, and you can kind of press pause and see where in this human body you are. Um, so it's, it's kind of neat. Uh, it does take advantage of some of the switches, 
unique things like HD rumble, IR motion support. Um, so it's, it's very, it's a very interesting game and it's very, uh, way forward in its humor and uh the the art style is all kind of like hand-drawn uh very quirky little fun animated characters and stuff voice acted as well that surprised the heck out of me um but very very cool and i'm I'm looking forward to playing this one with my wife i just downloaded it uh, to my switch uh last night and played but I, I actually got really hooked on it. I played like uh, three of the boss battles that are in the game. Like I, I played it for a while, so it's kind of cool. It's uh, like I said, February twentieth, uh, twenty bucks on Switch. And uh, if if you have a, a player two, I think this is going to be a, a really great one to jump in on. But uh, I had a great time playing it single player last night. Oh, very cool. Is it uh, exclusive to Switch? Uh, so far, yes, exclusive to Switch. Uh, that's in in the the write up in the press email that I got. Um, yeah, it's it's saying launch exclusively on Switch in the top paragraph, and uh, then in the key features, the last key feature is exclusively on Switch. So uh, I don't know if eventually we might see it hit other places, but uh, you know, from what I played. They do, like I said, they do tout like you know Joy-Con controls, HD Rumble, IR base, blah blah blah, whatever. Um, but from what I played, it was all handheld mode, and seems like it could be ported over somewhere else. Uh, so when I do get a chance to play it on TV with my wife and kind of see how the Switch exclusive features go, maybe that makes the game a lot better or a lot more fun or something. But uh, you know, from what I saw, it, it could be ported over. But uh, as of right now, Switch exclusive, February twentieth. Thank you, way, way forward for uh, for the code there. Really cool. Very cool. Very cool. Well, that wraps up what we've been playing this week, and now we get into the news flash with some rumors and news. And Logan, you picked the first story, and it's really not really a story. It's kind of like a story that's probably going to happen soon, and that's uh, what we expect from a Nintendo Direct, and uh, when potentially will it happen. I'm I'm leaning towards maybe early March. I believe th- didn't they have a March direct last year? Uh, question I'd have mark. To look that or up. was it a February? Let I think me look it, it up. Maybe late February. But yeah, it's there has to be something soon because they've had just news a, a just a bit of news every now and then and they had the Smash Bros thing, but there really hasn't been a direct and it feels like there has to be something soon especially for the Animal Crossing release. Mm. I'm guessing there might be something like the day before possibly like a direct with tons of stuff maybe even a smash bros character that would be cool yeah they probably will start if not now they'll their next direct it'll probably be the direct afterwards they'll decide to start announcing them so last year uh we got an indie highlight in europe in january um february we saw a fire emblem heroes direct uh early february um focused on fire emblem three houses february 13th pokemon sword and shield oh, yeah, pokemon, that's big. uh pokemon direct uh, february 27th and the next one wasn't until march 20th with an indie game showcase uh followed shortly by a dragalia lost um mini focus direct kind of thing um and then the next like full real Nintendo Direct uh, we got was May fifteenth. There was a Smash Brothers DLC thing in April, but uh, yeah, May was uh, was the real Nintendo Direct. But we, um, 
Yeah, last year we did get one February 13th, so we, again, we're a little over. But, uh, yeah, could we could see one, I guess, yeah, March-ish. Yeah, that'd be great because I'm just kind of waiting for something here. There's really They haven't really said a lot. There's just Animal Crossing, and I, they need to kind of start filling in their roster for the rest of the year because they don't have too many games that are really confirmed that have a set release date. Mm-hmm. They just Agreed. they just have a lot of like Metroid Prime Four coming eventually, uh, <laughs> Breath of the Wild Two is coming, maybe eventually. I don't know. That actually might come holiday maybe. But there's also all yeah. the rumors about the new like a new Mario Odyssey Two. Oh wow! Or any okay? I've I've heard of that around or a Mario Galaxy ports. I've heard as well. Ooh, that'd be nice. But there's just a lot of rumors going around, and they're mm. kind of just like. Yeah, we'll just let this sort it out. We'll just sit here and just let them <laughs> think what they want to. There's a whole thing about Nintendo being the kings of left field. So as soon as you expect they're going to do something, they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, the, I guess this is the longest duration between directs since 2016. Wow. That's crazy. Man. And you think 2016, 2016 was the Wii U. Rough times, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wasn't last year there was the whole thing, the great uh, 2019 uh, direct drought? Well, now we're Wasn't... even worse, apparently. Man, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's even worse now. It's 100 and something days, I think, since the last one. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, it's, it's crazy. And and to your to your point, Logan, yeah, I, um, I've heard another rumor about uh, new Mario Kart. Uh, being a big one for the fall, like so Mario Kart Nine or whatever. Um, personally, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine this week that I, I said I'd I'd love for them to um, kill the Mario Kart franchise. And before everyone's like, you know, turn this podcast off and and set him on fire, um, <laughs> I'd like to see a Nintendo Kart. Yes. Oh yeah, that was a really like big Smash thing Brothers. Ever. Uh, that that would be my personal preference because we already had Link in the last one. They, we, we've gone through so many uh, you know Mario specific stages. I want to see uh, like Smash Brothers stages from every different Nintendo franchise and characters from every different Nintendo franchise and uh, and and leave uh, Mario Kart on eight, um, which you know is kind of the pinnacle of the series anyway. So, um, well, Mark, you don't yeah. want more baby characters, and you don't want like a Steel Mario. I mean, eighty-five yeah. revisions of Mario. Why don't, why, don't, why don't you want all the baby Koopalings? They're the best characters, right? We need all hey, the baby. They can versions. stay there. They can stay there a hundred percent. Let's have as many of the Mario Kart characters come back as possible. But I also want, uh, it, like Captain Falcon and Samus and any other characters from any other games. Super Hell, Mario you know, Kart at this Ultimate. Point, give me, yeah, exactly. Give me sixteen Fire Emblem characters in Mario Kart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. One thing I had a, a thought on, I mean, and, and I think all those rumors make sense. I mean, uh, but the Mario Odyssey, I mean, team, I, I don't know what they've been up to. I mean, they launched their game in, in, in 2017. Um, they're coming up on, you know, three years. And that game was wildly successful. And it just seems like it's time for another Mario 3D game. Um, I think we're still lacking, although I, they could just put up the port of 3D World in. Um, and make that happen yeah. and, and satisfy that win as well. But I, I would rather have a new Odyssey or or a Galaxy yeah. re- remake or something like that. That would be my my take on it. But uh, I don't know. Be curious to see what they do there. But um, I think the all the overall viewpoint is to Logan. What he mentioned is 
they have not really talked about what is coming post Animal Crossing. And quite honestly, that's a little frustrating, especially when you think, well, they're going to have an E3 conference, but that'll probably be talking about what's coming in July and beyond. So uh, unless there's going to be a drought, they really need to start talking about other games. Um, and I don't necessarily think we need a Animal Crossing Direct again. Um, so I think there may be a part of it, but I think they really need to talk about what's going to come in the next you know, five months to six months. Yeah, Nintendo has a problem of forgetting to fill out the beginning of the year a lot of times. And we've had a lot of history of having a very weak start of the year. And then after E3 rolls around, they kind of just put everything over there. I guess it yeah. means that they can focus everything on the holiday because they do do a really great job of dominating the holiday. But they don't. they haven't had very good history with the Switch so far of having good, really anything of importance in the beginning of the year besides i guess the switch is released but mm-hmm. that's just a standout and even mario odyssey was released in november mm-hmm. yeah yeah I'm, I'm wondering if uh if this is kind of pointing to the first part of the year or even most of this year being kind of the year of ports uh so uh, you know there's there's the rumors like you said uh, the, you know, super mario uh 3d world or uh, the Metroid Collection, or Zelda HD Collection, or even double releases of Wind Waker HD, Twilight Princess HD. I could see them uh, doing one of two things with those, either bundling them together or selling them separate full price, and I could see them getting away with both of those. Um, <laughs> but for, for those kind of games, Nintendo does seem to usually say, this is available next month, or next week, or after the Direct today. Uh, they don't take a lot of time to to sit on their ports and and say this is coming later this year because when people think about those kind of ports they start getting frustrated about pricing and whatever else uh so that that's kind of what i'm getting from this is they're not doing anything because right now they don't need to release anything and they're going to do a direct when they have something right away ready to release so uh that that's that's my little prediction for this, is it's going to be the year of ports. Uh, now, that's not saying there's not going to be new stuff. I'm hoping for Zelda 2 or, man, you get, you guys have me really excited for Mario Odyssey. But, uh, yeah, I, I can see that being, you know, Pikmin. Uh, so many of these oh, God, games, yes. and we have heard, we, we've heard rumors that there are at least two more Wii U ports that they have in development or ready to go. So I'm I'm going to guess... You have to think Super Mario 3D World or Mario Cats, as uh, my friend's kids likes to call it. Um, You have to think that that's one of them. But, uh, yeah, we'll we'll see what the other one is or what the other ones are. Who knows how many they'll do. But uh, I'd love that. I'd love a Metroid Prime Trilogy uh, HD re-release or whatever. Um, Yeah, so much, so much stuff that they could do. They could make this the year of ports. And I think people would still be happy for the most part. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think one last note is they're, they 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 always have a big holiday game, um, and mm-hmm. it's the tip, it's been Pokemon, but we know that's not coming this year because it's getting uh, uh, basically expansions, and then after that we don't know. They can't wait until E three to announce that because guess what? That will be their main presence on the floor. That will get spoiled in advance. We know that, yeah, yeah. so they have to talk about what that holiday game is before E three. So, yeah. I mean, they dropped what. Um, uh, a link uh, to the past. No, no. Um, sorry. Um, 
Breath of the Wild two is what they said. Yeah, and last E three. No, no, the uh, I was thinking the uh, the 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 remaster of uh, Link's Awakening. Oh no, that was a different direct. That was before then. Well, I could see them doing out of left field. Uh, How about taking the Ocarina port on uh, 3DS and doing some things to actually bring that out um, on the Switch? I was thinking, though, the problem with that would be that a lot of people have already bought it on other systems who want it. So they're like, well, I can already play it on the go with my 3DS. So what's really the point of buying it again, again, for the third time now? I, I think a lot of people that own the 3DS did not own a Switch or vice versa. So our, our Switch owners did not own the 3DS. So I think there's a, uh, a huge opportunity for that as well. I think you could do yeah, like I'd... a bundle of like that uh, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask and say like $20 yes. of a re- just both of them at the same, both of them combined. I think that'd get a decent amount of people who's like, well, it's cheap and it's both games. Why not? Mm. Mm-hmm. I'd say if they didn't do anything more to really up it, uh, you know, maybe widescreenify it, but it would still look kind of that, you know, they did clean it up for the 3DS version, but it, it was still N64-ish looking game. Yes. Um, I would, I could, I could see them getting away with that. If they did really up it, they, they, you know, cleaned it up, HD-ified it uh, completely. I could see them uh, maybe even bundling Ocarina and Majora's Mask, but I'd say it'd still be full price. Oh, I do too. Yeah, they 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 can they can try, they can justify if, it if they put some work in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, I guess, guess we'll have to see. Yeah. I guess I'm a bit positive on the price. <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, you're very optimistic, Logan. But I we can move see it. On. No, I could see oh, it for but... the sale like that if it if it was basically just you know uh, file save as yes. uh, Ocarina dot switch. And they basically just drop that on there. I could see them at a discounted price, but uh, I wonder if they put a little bit of work into it and, yeah. and justify a higher price. I don't know. Maybe even tweak it because I know they did that with um, uh, Wind Waker. They tweaked it so mm-hmm. it wasn't as tedious. Maybe they finally uh, tweak the, the 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 water dungeon, uh, water temple, and maybe yeah, tweak that as well. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. that it was bad. It, it only <laughs> took me. It only took me literally two years to do it. Yeah. Oh mercy. Yeah. Um, so then, well, I guess we'll have to wait for that. We never, we don't know when it's coming, but I'm, I'm expecting something in February, most likely. But I could be wrong. And next story. These are both video game related, but more about the media that has been created because of these properties. Uh, first one is Witcher Three uh, saw sales rise by more than five hundred percent in the wake of the TV show, also helping the book sales rise by five hundred percent as well. This is kind of crazy. Uh, Steam saw its highest um, concurrent user base in years. It actually beat when the game uh, actually launched. Um, this is amazing. It just shows the power of a good adaptation. And not only does it uh, get people to watch it and appreciate what games can do, but also then actually gets people reengaged back into the games that probably didn't even realize it existed. So this is awesome. I, I just am so impressed. Yeah, that's that's incredible. The only problem I can see with this is that now people will see that uh, making shows of video games will be great. So they're like, you know what? I think we need a Skyrim show. (laughs) If it's done right, it could be good. It could, but I'm now scared of all the possibilities of certain games getting shows. Mm. You can let your imagination run wild on that one. I mean, it's like what anime, all anime typically comes from manga. So kind of they play with each other and um, yeah. What was we we pitched some shows? Was it the uh, Octodad? 
or something. Oh, like yes. that. <laughs> that would be amazing. I need to see someone do Just that. a while ago. Yeah. Oh. I I would watch that like like you know same producers or something as like Rick and Morty just like go oh, yeah. full like just terrible with this Octodad show. I'd I'd love uh, I'd love that. <laughs> and then the next story is very cool because you know, we talked about Sonic and its original trailer and how horrible it looked and everybody was down uh, on that franchise and thought it was going to be the worst thing ever. The studio came back and said, no, we're going to put time and effort into it to make Sonic look right. And a lot of people are like, well, they're now they're bowing to audience feedback and this could turn out even worse. People would have to work harder, putting more money into this. And now what if people actually don't get go and support it? Well, it's now being supported as now, Sonic actually is going to become the highest-grossing video game movie of all time. It will now soar past – well, not soar past. It will beat out Detective Pikachu by $3 million, and it's actually going to now go to $68 million for the four-day weekend. Do you ever think that – there's a theory that it was just like a conspir- it's conspiracy theory that they actually made it look bad on purpose to get more publicity? Mm-hmm. Who knows? Maybe it worked. Maybe it was true. <laughs> that could have gone horribly wrong, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah but, that's I mean, a big risk. But it, it's it's credible. I don't know. It's it's I believable mean, at least. There's no way that someone actually made that and said and looked at it and said, you know what, <laughs> this looks okay, and I have not made an abomination that should never exist. <sighs> not a single person can say that. Hollywood's, yeah. Hollywood studios are not necessarily known for their ability to get it right <laughs> when it comes to uh, video game or even comic book content. Yeah, what was the, the – there was something completely not video game related, but it was like something from years ago. They wanted like a white woman to play Harriet Tubman or something like that. I just oh, – Oh, yeah, that recently that. came out. Yeah. Recently uh, like, came, so Bullock, like I think. Th- yeah, so it was something like that. So like when I hear something like that, I can picture – the same type of Hollywood exec being like, yeah, this Sonic looks great. Ah, oh, money, money, money. Um, but at the same time, yeah, like you, you, ah, oh, man, I don't know. Uh, I'm glad they could pull it around either way. If, whether that was a fake out or the biggest gamble of all time or a Hollywood exec, just kind of st- sticking his head in the sand. Uh, this, this turnaround and this comeback, uh, seeing all the success is, is massively impressive. Yeah, unfortunately, there's not a new Sonic game to really take advantage of the success. I mean, there's a catalog of old games on Switch and other platforms. And they're on sale. Yeah, so I guess that's their, their approach. We think the newest yep. Sonic game is the uh, the Tokyo Games. Which I just downloaded. Uh, sadly, did not get a chance to play it before we recorded. But my wife uh, and I, were she, she was going through the Switch stuff uh, yesterday and noticed, I think it was Sonic Mania. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we have that. It's, it's on... Um, I think I have that on my Apple TV, but I was like, you can play it with the controller if you want to get it for Switch. Uh, I might even own it for Switch. I don't know. I, I buy things all over the place um, and then forget where I bought them. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, then Jen, she, we, we spotted uh, the the Olympic one and she was like, you know, that could be fun. And I was like, it's on sale. Let's go. Let's let's buy it. Something fun to play together. So, uh, the, yeah, I think it's up to 50% off different Sonic games, including uh, Monkey Ball ah. is on sale because oh, apparently Sonic, Sonic is in that uh in some capacity but uh yeah if you're looking for a sonic fix after seeing that in theaters there you go sale on switch might be on other platforms but i definitely noticed the one on switch and picked up uh sonic olympics so probably in two weeks i'll be able to talk about that one 
Yeah, and I'm excited to hear about the 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 the, the retro mode because that looked really cool. Mm-hmm. That's actually what sold my wife on it. She was like, "Did you just see that?" Because like in the trailer, the first trailer that we watched, because we ended up watching three of them, because she was like super impressed with it. <laughs> but the first one, right towards the very end, it like glitched out for a second, then they turned into like the eight bit 16 bit whatever uh and she was like oh did you see that does that happen in the game and we watched the next trailer and it it features that a lot more prominently and uh she was so excited that's what like sold her on it so i was like i've i haven't seen you this excited for a game in a while we need something to get us through animal crossing so let's let's get sonic and mario at the olympics i'll be curious to see what gaming does to uh little future caravan like my wife would listen to certain music when Logan was in utero and things like mm-hmm. that. And she noticed a reaction to certain things. So I'm curious how the game, you'll have to tell us about that, Mark. If you notice, like she said, oh, the baby's kicking or something. She's excited. <laughs> That'd be kind of cool to find out, you know, what is the gaming influence on pregnant ladies and the baby? Kind of worrisome. Actually, uh, I was listening to some Star Wars tracks and she felt some kicks during the Darth Vader uh, theme ooh, ooh. song um, and Duel of the Fates. So kind of uh, there and some kicks last night where we were watching Harry Potter four and uh, spoiler alerts for like a 15 year old movie when uh, Voldemort came back and killed Cedric Diggory um, and the big battle and everything. There was some kicking there as well. So um, I might have a, a little demon on my hands. Not sure. But we'll see. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yep. Uh, last story. Uh, that is the story of, well, it's a really fantastic story of Platinum mm-hmm. Games. Uh, they basically uh, posted a Kickstarter to get Wonderful 101 ported to new systems. So, Mark, you take this one away because you've got sure. uh, a dog in this fight. Yeah, well, I, I backed this uh, Kickstarter. So, um, for anyone that's not familiar, Wonderful 101 was a game originally released on the wii u obviously the wii u did not sell well therefore this game did not sell well and a lot of people have been clamoring for a switch port since basically the switch was announced it's always one of those games that's in that conversation of when will we see wonderful 101 and all that kind of stuff and a lot of times people have come back with well, would that actually sell? It didn't sell well on Wii U. Is that just because the Wii U sucked or does the game suck? And there's a vocal minority of people who are like, please do this and whatever. And then no one will buy it. Uh, so yeah, the Kickstarter apparently has proved that there's a, uh, a <laughs> big player base out there that wants it. Um, and let me see what that's uh, up to right now. I've got a market set 1.6 million. Oh, wow. Okay. That is fantastic. Um, so I'm, I'm one of those people. Uh, I did back this game. Um, for, for anyone wondering the conversion, when I go to Kickstarter, uh, it does the Canadian conversion. So that is 2.192 million uh, Canadian. So that's uh that is wild. That is absolutely wild. Uh, so I backed it at the basic digital release of this game. I liked Wonderful 101. I was not completely in love with it. I never finished it on um, on the Wii U, but I, I liked it uh, enough to say, you know what, I'll get it for whatever it was, like 40 bucks or something like that, uh, Canadian, I think. So it's, it's like not super expensive either. Um, I am not a huge fan of Kickstarter to begin with because a lot of it I find is vaporware. Uh, a lot of it is big grand ideas and then they don't 
come to any kind of fruition. I've backed things when Kickstarter first came out and it was like the big thing and everything. What else, I, I backed a game that never came out and I just, it was like 10 or 15 bucks or something, nothing major. Um, but it was just, you know, gone. So, uh, you know, next time I looked at something on Kickstarter, I was like, or I could light a 20 on fire. Cool. Uh, cause at least then <laughs> I stay is. warm for 40 seconds. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I, I haven't really done anything um, with Kickstarter uh, for a while, but uh, this one I know the game's done. Platinum games are pretty reputable, <clears throat> um, and I, I liked the game, so I backed it. And it's a very quick turnaround. It's not like we'll release this sometime in the next two years. It's this is coming out in April. Uh, to that point, though, a lot of people are up in arms because is Kickstarter supposed to be used for that basically this is a marketing campaign and you know it's like something that is just kind of there to i don't know they they have backers they have funding do, do they need kickstarter to fund this or you know it, it's it's kind of weird when a big company like that uses something that's i don't know i think the intended purpose of kickstarter is for a uh, dude in his basement saying i have an idea can you guys help me kickstart this to make it real? Um, Platinum Games, sure as hell, not some dude in his garage or a basement or whatever. Uh, they are an independent video game developer, but they're a big one with backers like Tencent and partnerships with Nintendo and things like that. So I know that's upsetting a lot of people. For me, this was just an easy way to almost pre-order this game. And is that what Kickstarter's for? I don't know, and I don't care. Um, but what, what do you guys think? I I never really did get to try a lot of Wonderful 101, but from what I saw, it looked pretty great, and it's always great to see them doing something about it, but it's another one of those ethic questions. Like, is it really... Should, do they re- should they really be asking for a lot of money from other people when the game hasn't even came out yet, when they're such a big developer? Like, I could understand, like, a small, like, indie platform or indie developer doing that because they need the money but i definitely can guarantee that platinum does not need the money i'm pretty sure they have enough and if they don't then i mean isn't there bayonetta 3 coming out or something yeah it's it's a mixed bag because uh in the past they've never published their own games they've had to have nintendo do it or something like that so this is their first time they're actually going to publish this game they just got investment from tencent um, mm-hmm. but it does not incorporate this game. So essentially, they are just living off of money they've made off of past games. Uh, a lot of these developers just kind of go game to game. They don't have a lot of money in the tank. And mm-hmm. um, I think why it's so cheap for the Nintendo Switch, they already had it kind of already done. Um, yeah. And that $50,000 just gets you a copy of the game, which is kind of nice. Uh, it's the uh, development cost of getting it on other s- platforms, which they didn't secure funding for Nintendo Mm -hmm. could have wrapped this up and made it exclusive again if they Mm -hmm. wanted to, because they published the first game and I think they had the right of refusal to say, you can't do this. So, Mm -hmm. but Nintendo, when they didn't want to take advantage of it, I'm all for publicity. And that's what this really is because to your point, Mark, this game did not do well. I think it only sold like 300,000 copies on a, on a, on a platform where Nintendo was behind and I never felt like they really gave it their all. I didn't, I couldn't even find commercials for this game on YouTube or anything. So, um, 
and that was a Nintendo published game. So at this point, I'm all for publicity. It doesn't hurt anything. Like you said, you are getting a game, and you are getting it on more platforms than ever came to before. You're getting more content um, mm-hmm. on this game. So in a way, this is going to give them advertising. This is free advertising that they're not actually having to pay for, which would have obviously taken away from the development of the game. So I'm all for this, and it's got a lot of notoriety. People are talking about this, and this gives, a, a, I think, a, a really cool game a second chance at life. Uh, but yeah. to, to but to quote because I'm like being fancy and all to quote Ender uh, Ender from Ender's Game it doesn't matter if we win it uh, depends how we win it's the method of it and I don't because if we see if people see uh, or if other companies see Platinum doing this and people respond like that and they give and they obviously get more money then other companies could try that and I don't know if it would go so well for other companies either it's one mm-hmm. of those things if one person sees it more people are probably going to try it and that could lead to it might be good. It might be good. It could totally lead to something amazing. We could get more choice in what goes on. Or it could have the reverse effect and just have a bunch of people begging for money. So it just completely depends, again. The method, not the result always. Yeah, you know, it. it, it it's almost like if, if there was a different site, um, you know, instead of Kickstarter... It's, you know, preorder.com or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, is there enough pre-orders of this game? Um, it's – I think it's the, – the problem is with the the thinking behind Kickstarter. Why did Kickstarter start? And it's – again, it, it's to kickstart those projects that might not otherwise happen. And technically, yeah, I mean, you know, Todd, you brought up a good point. Technically, this wouldn't have happened at least – the Steam version, the PS4 version, putting more time into things like Time Attack, Lucas First Mission, which have both been completely funded, a remix soundtrack really, really close to being funded. Um, you know, th- those things wouldn't have happened. So they they do work in that Kickstarter ecosystem and, and mantra kind of thing. Um, but if more developers start thinking like this, does there need to be a new site or a spinoff of Kickstarter that is specifically like, you know, if we hit whatever, a million pre-orders for this, we'll actually release it or whatever, you know, it's, it's just that weird mindset of thinking and, and what the website's intended purpose is. Uh, So, and Logan, I think, yeah, you're, you're right on the ball there with that quote is, you know, what's, how how are they winning? How are they doing this? What is the purpose behind it? And are they abusing a system and taking away attention on Kickstarter that could go out to a kid in his parents' basement or someone that, uh, quote unquote, deserves the money a little bit more? Um, look at Atui Games. Jules Watchem, uh, you know, has... Um, chicken wiggle on kickstarter uh still yet to come out but he could have probably done that you know file save as switch and release the 3ds version on switch as is with very little money but the the reason for his kickstarter he wanted to completely redo that game for more hand-drawn art HD art, uh, HD graphics, completely remix the soundtrack, get, uh, you know, professional, um, I think it was Grant Kirkhope he got in for some of the soundtrack stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's incredible the stuff that he's been able to do. Um, and it's because of that Kickstarter. Jules does not have the money to just do that stuff on his own. He needed this Kickstarter backer. Um, so for 
you know, and, and people can be frustrated at Jules that he's pushed that game back and whatever. But, uh, you know, I trust that he wants to get that done the best way he can. Um, versus this one, are they using it for marketing or do they really, really need it? It's, it's, uh, it's tough to say. And you don't know unless you're sitting in that boardroom meeting. Yeah, and I think it's a slippery slope to your point. I remember when Shenmue 3 uh, went to Kickstarter and Sony talked about it. And it's like, mm-hmm. hmm, why didn't yeah. Sony just p- push the money there for And I guess maybe because mm-hmm. Sony didn't want to be the sole um, arm behind the game and that allowed it to be on other platforms, maybe? Eh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, they, it's, they talked about that was like an E3 thing or something, wasn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it was very weird. Yeah, that's um, super sketchy. Yeah, yeah. There are other platforms for crowdfunding. There's Indiegogo. I believe even at one time Double Fine was behind a company that, that kickstarted and, and would fund like kind of those type of games. But I believe they had to uh, turn off that service once they were um, acquired by Microsoft. So. But you're, it's your point. It is a slippery slope. If if Microsoft starts doing this for games, or big publishers start doing this for games, I think that becomes a uh, a bigger challenge. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think preorder.com is the better way to go. And of course, then being able to get your money back, Mark, if they don't go forward with it versus Kickstarter. Now, if you, I believe, if it you you aren't guaranteed a refund. No. No. Uh, yeah. Well, if it doesn't get funded, so the way Kickstarter works is, is if uh, if they were aiming for $50,000, let's say the, the basic one to get the Switch version, $50,000, if you are one of the first people to pledge and let's say this hit 45000 and that's where it stopped, you do get your money back. But the second they hit that $50,000, your money is locked in, your pledge is complete. And if Platinum Games, for some reason, tomorrow said, we're pulling the plug on this, middle fingers up for everyone, uh, the world is out, what did I say, $2.2 million Canadian, 1.6 US, whatever, um, and you're just out of that money. And there is nothing anyone can do. Now, some people... Uh, like I said, that that one that I I, pl- I I pledged for way back in the day when Kickstarter first came out is 10, 15 bucks, whatever it was. The dude that was trying to make that game actually his last release because, you know, you can get a backer email or whatever. The last email I got was, uh, sorry, I can't complete this game. I got a new job. I can't do it. It's just, you know, too much for me. If you want a refund, please email me back and I will work my hardest to pay everyone back over time when I can. And I was like, it's 10 or 15 bucks. I don't care. <laughs> Let other people do this. Let this guy just work. I like I'm not that concerned, but I could have got a refund. And that's up to that guy just being a nice fella uh, trying to refund people and, and not rip people off or whatever. I was like, you know, keep my 15 bucks, go to McDonald's and upsize it or something. I don't care. <laughs> um, but like, you know, like for this one, you're out 45 or you're out whatever depending on how much you backed and it's like man they they could technically pull the plug on it yeah and it's twenty five thousand people uh that are backing this so it's a big impact and that creates a a negative uh it it just ruins uh that that positive feeling for kickstarter backers as a whole and if you want a kickstarter and and there's a negative light on the whole uh process of kickstarting something that you're passionate about and you may and you may to your point mark not choose to do it in the future yeah. And with, with this one, though, I think this is so big that it wouldn't affect Kickstarter. I think this would kill Platinum Games. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They would lose I think if so it was a smaller goodwill. You know, yeah. Smaller person, it'd be blamed on Kickstarter. With this one, 
Kickstarter be like, dude, we had no idea Platinum would screw you guys over this bad. We can't believe it. Like, I, I think at this level, Kickstarter would be safe. Um, but Platinum Games would be absolutely toast. So that wraps up the news this week as we get into the bonus round. And, uh, gentlemen, we're putting on our turbans to predict the future, like a Swami. And we are thinking, mm -hmm. but we're doing from the viewpoint of uh, necessarily the, the type of genres we'll see next gen. This gen, Battle Royale, um, roguelikes uh, really reemerged as a big genres that really took over the industry to a large extent, similar to the last generation where you had like pixel art, those type of things as well. You had open world with GTA and other genres going into like Shadow of Mordor. But with this gen coming up, um, it's kind of unknown what we'll see because we've got a lot more platforms opening up. So, so Mark, uh, what's your take on this? Uh, yeah, so I, I think as far as genres go, I think we have to look at the technology. So two technology, I mean, VR is going to be, they're going to keep going on v, the VR track. And you guys, I think, can speak better on that one. Uh, but for me, the two technologies that I'm looking at for the next gen, the first one's streaming. So Project xCloud, uh, Stadia, um, oh, it's uh, the, the other one that just uh, came out. GeForce um, Now. GeForce Now, that kind of stuff. All of all of these streaming platforms, uh, what will they lend themselves to? And for me, um, I think those kind of simpler graphic games will be good. And and whether that means they stick to kind of current gen and focus on that, or 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 even um, you know roguelikes and eight bit style games, Hyper Light Drifter, um, those kind of games, I think, can lend themselves to getting the streaming technology to where it needs to be uh, because I don't think that's where we're going to see Fortnite or, you know, battle Royales or really, really competitive multiplayer games. Because I, again, that lag is just too much there and, and there's, there's too much between the streaming and your internet connection and the multiplayer connection and all that kind of stuff. I, I think, so I think we'll, we'll stick to seeing maybe really popular streaming streamed games, um, and I don't mean streaming on Twitch. I mean streaming to your console or your phone or whatever. Um, I'll see. I think we'll see more single-player focused and even lighter games, indies, and that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm interested to see what kind of games um, get more focus on streaming platforms. Uh, for the the home console stuff, though, um, I really see them taking the battle Royale thing to the next level. And you see bits and pieces of this planted throughout, uh, especially stuff like Fortnite, where creative mode, uh, shared worlds being able to do things. I'm, I'm seeing a whole ready player one kind of thing of yes, you're in Fortnite, but over here's the racing game. And over here is the Battle Royale game. And over here is the Capture the Flag game. And you're still in Fortnite or whatever game is there. But there's there's so much going on in there. It's almost a place where you can kind of go in and jump into your avatar. And, and maybe that works into VR. Who knows? Uh, but I think the, the more powerful hardware is going to push bigger shared spaces, uh, bigger better Minecraft, Fortnite, whatever it is, I think that's where it's going to go next. I think they're just going to keep pushing that, um, almost that extra life kind of thing, right? This is where 
you're just going to go into Fortnite. It's going to be all of this kind of stuff. And uh, we're already seeing them plant some little seeds of that. So I'm, I'm really curious to see what the new hardware uh, does for that kind of shared environment and shared space. Yeah, I completely agree when it comes to that. I mean, because the Battle Royale genre can only do so much. And at this point, Fortnite, the reason why it's still doing pretty well is because it's not just a Battle Royale. It's tons of other things. And I think it might become something like, if you're familiar with a Gary's Mod, something where people yeah. have used that. They've made, they've made VR, they've made Beat Saber inside of Gary's Mod. They've made tons of things. So it's not just Gary's Mod. It's everything that people make. And I think the biggest thing for the next generations of consoles is community like that's why minecraft is coming back that's why fortnite was so big all mm-hmm. these games have such a big community where you share things and you can experiment do whatever you mm-hmm. want to do and i think that that's just the biggest thing when it comes to a lot of video games for the next generation people want to be able to have a world and do whatever they want with it do anything yeah. they want especially with vr now it can even become more surreal and even bigger open bigger again bigger 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 <laughs> yeah Areas just for something sure. for people just to do whatever they want to, just experiment. And I feel like that's just the most important thing. I mean, games like just shooters, I mean, they're still really popular, but you don't see as many people talking about them anymore as you see people talking about tons of other genres, tons of over uh, other open world games. They just have exploration, stuff like that. I feel like a lot of genres like are dying down and a lot of games that are just pick up and play are coming back full force now. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it, I, games are, the games that are what you make them. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think we can build upon that with uh, creativity and shared experiences, not just, you know, mm. five guys teaming up to, to beat something. Uh, I see with like PlayStation finally launching Dreams now. Um, it, it doesn't, it's not a big deal now to PlayStation. I think it's going to be something that grows uh, into PlayStation 5. Uh, those tools and giving people the ability to create uh, what they want, share it with others, and having people then take those elements and building on something uh, they can do as well. Uh, Mario Maker experimented with that, but I think we're on the ground floor of that. I mean, Little Big Planet did a little bit, but it was, there was too many barriers in the way. And now you can even stream yourself making those things and teaching people how to make those things because i think that's going to be a big part sharing was a was a big part of this generation but it gets to um the next level with um sharing and streaming collaboratively it's kind of like those twitch plays um Mm -hmm. pokemon or something like that but this way (laughs) you're helping a creator build things on the fly as he streams the creation of them that's that's pretty impressive Mm mm-hmm yeah, absolutely. I'm 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 very excited for those. And I, I I love going into Fortnite creative mode and just jumping on an island uh with, you know, the the crew that I regularly play with or you know, if there's usually four of us we'll we'll play, you know, the regular competitive squad mode, but every once in a while we'll get a team of let's say eight people and instead of breaking off into two squads, we'll just drop on an island and, and just start to mess around and have fun. And we'll put different restrictions on each other and say, okay, we're only going to pick up snipers. Don't pick up anything but a sniper. And someone could, and sometimes someone does, and they'll go around dropping airstrikes on everyone. And everyone's like, I only have snipers. I only have snipers. And that just causes the hilarity, um, you know, to, to be even more prominent while we're playing. And, you know, there's, there's other things like everyone will be on top of two mountains and I'll be like, 
find some way to glitch underneath the island that we're playing on. And I, I did that last time and I built tunnels everywhere. And of course it was the year of the rat. So I was dressed in my rat suit and I started calling myself <laughs> the rat King. And I set traps up everywhere underneath the Island. And it was like, you can't find the rat King. And I'd poke my head out and snipe someone and then poke back in. And they were chasing me, but getting caught in my rat traps. And it was, you know, like that kind of thing. And you, you look next and it's like three hours later and you're just like, what did we just do for three hours? But it's that shared stupid experience that um, I think is is so entertaining and just uh, so ridiculous that uh, I can really see that emerging in more and more games and, and just kind of continuing to to be fleshed out and that kind of stuff. So, I, yeah, it's... Um, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that implemented in more games, or you know, if Fortnite just really runs with it and just keeps going and expanding on it, then cool. That's that's the platform that becomes the Ready Player One kind of thing. But whatever, it's uh, it's going to be fun. I feel like the word "shared stupid experience" can describe the whole the entire entirety <laughs> of. Yes, that's just the perfect way to say literally everything about the, the next generations. We just want something to just do stupid things with with friends mm-hmm. yeah. and have stupid yeah. stupid fun time yeah and it's the same thing with minecraft is you know like let's let's do this and and we'll jump into a minecraft server and uh you know my friends will be building something really elaborate and sudden like i suck at minecraft i've hardly played it and i just jumped in a few weeks ago for the first time in years and they're like building this elaborate mansion castle on top of a hill and i'm like okay cool i need to go find some wood and i got attacked by like freaking spiders and stuff and i was like screaming and trying to run and they were like oh my god what are you even doing down there like it was just ridiculous and then i found a llama and got really excited and i killed the llama and it was my friend's llama that they were trying to like heard and it was, it was a disaster uh i shouldn't be allowed to do things <laughs> but it was a fun disaster yeah it absolutely was yeah I, i'm curious to see if we're gonna see any i mean we, we've seen what the controllers look like um that are coming out i'm just curious if we're going to get the next level of um just accessibility um you know i think we've seen it with microsoft's new accessibility uh uh controller um but ultimately playstation 3 playstation 4 and then xbox 360 xbox one um we haven't seen much changes uh in in our interface systems um i think what i've said i'd love to see everybody take on the back bumpers as a basis so you don't have to worry about you know taking your hands off the sticks um Mm -hmm. i think uh charging on the fly i think there's 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 more we can do um i one thing i note that i i think needs to happen and i'm not sure if this will happen anytime soon is i want volume controls on my stupid controller so i don't have to actually go into the menu of the ps4 to change the volume um Mm -hmm. settings so could we get that just volume controls on the actual controller um yeah that'd be nice can we get a a an audio plug on the Switch Pro controller before we even get that, though, please. <laughs> yes. Wait, like, there's not one. Like, no, no. Didn't Switch Pro controller doesn't even have like an aux in. Like, there's there's nothing there. So I, um, yeah, Todd, you're you're reaching for the stars. I'm just like screaming from a mountain. <laughs> like, you're, re- you know, you're, you're reaching for the you're reaching for the middle <laughs> shelf right now. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm I'm hardly even reaching for the ceiling. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm uh, yeah, just. Ugh. 
Yeah, and I'm curious. I mean, we know right now Microsoft will not be going in on VR this next gen. Uh, we know PlayStation uh, VR will be compatible on PS5, and we know with the other headsets that are there. Um, I'm just curious if if they're going, and I would like to see with VR, I would like to see more collaborative experiences in VR where we've got the one player playing, but other people outside of the game being able to uh, be part of that experience as well. I know there's a few like um, keep talking and no one explodes. And, uh, and then there's also, I think ultimate, well, I think maybe that's the main one, but I think it would be cool if we could get that as well. So even if on say Xbox, uh, maybe you've got somebody playing on their PC with VR, but on P- uh, Xbox, you could play with them um, as well in a collaborative experience. Yeah. Now, for for you guys having played VR, uh, do you think that's kind of where that's going in the future? Uh, do you think AR is going to interrupt that, uh, augmented reality? Or do you think they're going to be, again, two separate streams? So we, we've already seen... Uh, AR with stuff like Pokemon Go and uh, Minecraft World, I believe it is, uh, and and some different games like that. But there's there's rumors that uh, you know Apple and other companies will be releasing AR headsets that will let you see the real world, but instead of looking through your phone screen, you'll be able to just walk up the street and say Pokemon Go 2.0. Uh, there will be a Pikachu just standing on the sidewalk. And you'll be able to see it. Uh, someone else with an AR headset will be able to see that same Pikachu, and you can whatever, right? Uh, do you do you think that is the next generation of VR, or do you think they're going to be two completely different uh, situations? And, and Todd, I think that's almost to your point. That could be what the shared VR is, because you're you're still seeing the real world, but you're also seeing things augmented within that world. I definitely think that it's going to be two different things because the experience that you have in vr is so different a lot Mm -hmm. of times it's completely emerging yourself in a different world where you're the only one there it's completely different where as ar it's you're still trying to hold on to the fact that you're still in the real world but you also have other things that are going on i feel like vr is made for experiences more than it's it's experiencing the game more than just playing the game i feel whereas Immersion. Most of the time in AR, you're just you're just you're you're playing a game, and you can easily tell that you are playing a game because you can see everything else. And also, mm-hmm. it just kind of is a bit weird to see everything else, and then just the thing there. I feel mm-hmm. like they could do a lot more, especially if your AR is going to be in the middle of like a random room, and it's not even <laughs> that. like oh great, look, there's this Pikachu in my kitchen. Great, I guess this mm-hmm. is where I'll be playing this game from now on for the rest of forever. <laughs> Yeah, there there are some headsets that are mixed reality. I believe that's the mm. Windows uh, platform has a little bit of that. Um, I also look at like Novo. Lenovo has something called the Mirage, which incorporates VR with AR. So I think it definitely mm. could come, become the next layer where you could you don't have to live in one world, one world or the the next. You could live in both. It just would be really challenging because I think people are struggling even with VR uh, to keep you immersed, but not obviously walk into a wall <laughs> or do right. things like that. Um, yeah, because you, I mean, it's cool how you make your your area, and um, and because you're untethered, it's the uh, the the want to actually move beyond your environment. So um, I think it'd be cool. I, I I think there's so much opportunity there but I, I i think there's just the challenge of wearing something on your head is just a big obstacle 
Right. Yeah, I'm yeah, curious to see what the AR headsets look like. Me too. Um, I, I, I've really thought about um, also about what uh, a genre that we'd like to see reemerge. And I think one thing that we've gotten away from, it's kind of funny, is car combat. I mean, we used to have like mm. Twisted Metal and all those games. There was, um, I, I think there was a, a bunch of others, but I mean, we've kind of gotten away with it. And I think with um, uh, Rocket League, I think mm-hmm. you could take that format and adapt it into like a car combat um, and do a battle royale versions. You could do oh other versions. I don't, we don't need car battle royale. Yeah, <laughs> I am so in on that idea. Didn't Forza do something like that, Mark? Wasn't there like some type of weird? Uh, yeah, they just they yeah. just put a, a battle royale mode in. I don't know how that works, but uh, yeah, I know that that they were talking about. It. I think implemented it, but uh, I don't know if that's racing and you're, you're the last one standing, or if it's an actual battle royale, destroy the other cards. But man, Rocket League battle royale, uh, open that world up and and have. Oh man, yeah, I, I just got back into Rocket League in a big way. I bought the battle pass. I'm I'm. Uh, I'm fully back into that game, so um, hmm, you've got me thinking now. Like the like the uh, race in um, Ready Player One with the King Kong. Yes, I could imagine that. Yeah, that would be a good battle royale one. You could have tons of players in, and it could be different every time. That'd be cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, you you don't have to just finish first; you just have to survive. Basically, mm-hmm. it's whoever survives longest. And just drive backwards. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's probably. <laughs> Just don't move. You'll be fine, probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a brave new world for sure. With 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 what we're going to see coming up, and I really hope people really open up the playbook, try some new things, and really uh, incorporate some of the things we've seen that work great, and just say, what else can we do? Yeah, wave race. Oh yeah. <laughs> Although it's extreme not even sports, an exploration thing. I just want waivers. But oh, extreme sport like SSX tricky. Why hasn't there been another SSX game? I like. I heard it's tricky, like the song the other yes. day. And I was just like, they need a new one. Just come on, let's just yeah. just do it. Skateboarding died away. Wakeboarding, uh, surfboarding, extreme hacky yeah. sacking. Come on. <laughs> I saw a t-shirt and it was like, why can I hear this t-shirt? And it was, uh, so here I am doing everything I can. It was the dude in Tony Hawk just like crumpled up in a rag doll position at the bottom of, uh, of a, uh, like a ramp or something like that. And it's just like, Oh my God, I can hear that shirt. It's bringing me right back. Why are there no more skateboarding games? Um, yeah, all of those, like any N64 kind of, you know, staple that, that hasn't been seen in 20 years. It'd be great. Logan, last chance. Anything that you would like to see uh, happen on Next Gen? More like sand, open sandbox games. Those are always my favorite. Open world exploration with just mm-hmm. tons of stupid things to do. Uh, preferably games that have extremely broken mechanics that are fun to abuse. <laughs> yeah, I and just, I think, and I think with you, Logan, um, you get frustrated because. Um, and this happened with Minecraft, the lack of mod support on consoles versus PC, where that's why you wanted to play on PC. Um, I think uh, I think consoles have limited that. So I think if you saw that, that I think you'd more embrace playing on console. Yeah, because I want I want to play my 4K array traced Minecraft that requires nine gigabytes of RAM to run. <laughs> yes. Next right. gen. Yes, next, next gen. gen. Just keep adding more mods until your entire computer starts burning. Awesome. 
Well, that was a lot of fun, guys. I can't wait. We cannot wait for next gen. We don't even know when it's going to happen, quite honestly, except at the end of the year. Can't wait to see what Sony finally does, makes a move, and how much these beasts costs uh, cost us. But uh, I guess we'll we'll have to wait. But until then, Logan, thanks for joining us, buddy. That was awesome. Yeah, I'm I'm always here, literally. That's super yes, fun. Yes, you are. <laughs> I know where you live. <laughs> <laughs> I know where you. No, thank you. That's always, that's always reassuring. Yes, it is. Yes. Um, so with that, though, we end the show. And Mark, uh, how can they follow you? Uh, you can follow me everywhere. The underscore Canardian. Yes, I'm at Tioxtra. We also have at Secret Friends U on Twitter. We have a Facebook group and page. And we have a hotline, 872-225-2496. And I believe in the future we will have something to entice people to call us on that said hotline. So wait for it on a future episode. Fun. Yes. And as always, Fun. it's always better to game together. <laughs> Oh, my God.